Thank you for Hi. listening. This is Two Girls, One Sodcast, episode three. Two Girls, One Sodcast. One Episode three. Yeah. <laughs> Hot, dirty. Um, anyway, yeah. more serious episode. We're going to talk today about rape because the Stanford rape case is big in the news right now. And we Huge feel in the news right now. passionately about it, the subject. So, I mean, mm. might not be as funny as the first episode, but still important. Important to discuss. Super important. Super important. And, oh, I'm okay. Stephanie, and... I'm I'm Drea. <laughs> yes. And yes. I'm already a little... I'm already pretty drunk. Me too. What are you drinking, Drea? Me too. I just uh, opened and not your father's root beer. Boom. I am drinking... <laughs> I'm drinking a, I just made a mess in the kitchen. I made, (laughs) I put about three shots of vodka, um, splash of pineapple juice, splash of ginger ale, suck that down, and then made another one. So if that's an actual drink with a name, I don't know what it is, but that's what I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. What are you drinking besides a not your father's root beer? Um, well, I already had one not your father's root beer, and I already had one Moscow Mule. Yeah. Yes, and I'm working on my second yes. Moscow Mule. For anyone who doesn't know, nice. it is I use Smirnoff vodka because I'm super cheap, and it's like the cheapest decent vodka. I mean, like Popoff. Is there any cheaper vodka than Popoffs? <laughs> Yeah, Popoffs is, is a little scary, so I went with Smirnoff. Yeah. Um, and then ginger beer, which I learned today is not actually beer when I was, like, running around the grocery store trying to find it. Some really cute guy <laughs> helped me find it in the liquor section. Ooh, yeah. Love it. Yeah, I was like, do you know what ginger beer is? I can't find it anywhere. And, I don't know, he must have been a bartender. He's like, yeah, what are you making, Moscow Mules? And he helped me out. He was super nice. What brand did you get? Did you get Cock and Balls? Yes, cock and Balls. That's the only brand they had. Yes. Yes. I got that's, the diet. That shit is <laughs> so good. It's so good. It's super snappy and delightful. It's what we use for our Moscow meals. Oh, I got the diet they, one. So I think they say I think they say on their their like little carton that they are the the inventors of the Moscow mule. Oh really? Uh, it's the, yeah, I think so. Way to go. It could be mistaken. Cock and balls? Is it really cock and balls? Co- <laughs> no, it's cock and bull. Oh. But I call it cock and balls. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. So, ginger beer. Okay, so it's one part vodka, two parts ginger beer. I didn't measure out the lime juice. I just cut a lime up, squeezed it in, put the wedges in. That was that. And a uh, well, tiny little bit of simple syrup. Some recipes call for Ooh. mint. They didn't have mint at the grocery stores. Mine is mint-free. Oh. Well, we had a great idea last week from some feedback that we received that we should start a blog that has updates and, most importantly, recipes for our drinks. So we will be starting that this week. Um, I have promised that I will do it, and since I am not this intoxicated 100% of the time, <laughs> I will remember to do it. I will remember to do it. So it'll be up. It'll be something along the lines of two girls, one sodcast. When we get the official blog, I'll put it up, but you can find our recipes up there, our updates, what we're doing, um, and it's a good place for you guys to leave comments. So look for that. 
soon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and again, would be a, have a drink. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, now would be a good stopping point. Get a drink, because this shit's going to get a roll. Yeah. And you might need a booze. Pretty serious <laughs> episode. So, get drunk. So get you drunk. can make Fuck it, it lighthearted with us. As light, yeah. as lighthearted as possible. <laughs> and, yeah. um, or at least not your father's root beer. I love these things. They're very strong. That's what my husband said. I've never tried one. Should we chug, Drea? Let's chug. Let's chug. All okay, right. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like one of us should chug. We should take turns so we can just egg each other on. Okay, okay. And egg I'll on go you, first. the listeners. Okay. Okay. I'm going. Slam it, girl. Slam it, girl. Get it. Oh, I can hear you swallowing. That's so unsettling. I was trying to do the whole thing. I almost got it. Almost. Oh, Oh, I feel sick. A little bit. Gross. Your turn. Chug. Okay, hold on. Chug. Chug, 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 chug. I don't hear anything. Are you chugging? Oh, I do, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Shit, okay. What did you chug? My drink. Your vodka drink? Oh, man. My my vodka drink. Shit. Okay. I'm thoroughly chugged. Yeah. Okay, so... Quick second for an update. Oh. <laughs> update? <laughs> yeah, I have no update. Uh, you have no update? I don't Okay, my update. Um, well, I don't know. I listened to our last episode because, like, I didn't remember any of it. I didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> we really get drunk when we do these, so. We do. It's real. This drunkenness is real. Yes. So. Um, I just wanted to make it clear, like, I don't think that every woman should, like, or is necessarily comfortable selling themselves, their sex. Oh, my God, I'm so drunk. But, I I mean, I personally couldn't do it. Like, I would never want to be a hoe. But at the same time, I'm not going to look down on them. And I'm hesitant to say that some women, I mean, they're probably comfortable with it. Someone out there are okay with it. And if they are, that's their choice. It's their body. It's their mindset. I guess I just saw an article from Jimmy Carter about how he said, and I really respect Jimmy Carter. He's one of my favorite presidents. He said um, that prostitution was the oldest, not the oldest profession, but the oldest oppression. And I can see where he's coming from on that. But at the same time, that's not true for all women. I really don't think so. so. I don't either. Yeah. Like I said last episode, I think there's something super powerful about harnessing your sexuality and turning it into something super lucrative for you. And being so, in control of it. I mean. Yeah. So, yeah. like, so these women you, do, do have control of their sexuality. Not all of them, but a lot of them, they do have control of their sexuality. So, I mean, you know, teach yeah. their own. And no update. I'm like trying to think of my no personal update. life. I'm like, uh, work, work, work. I've been avoiding a second Tinder date. So, you know. Hmm. Oh, no. Yeah. 
I don't know. Like, I'm just not ready to, like, I don't think I'm ready to be in a relationship at all. I just got divorced. But I feel like I'm probably never going to be ready. And I feel ready to, like, go out on dates, but not for dating, if that makes sense. Have fun. (laughs) No, not even for that. Just, like, get to know people, practice. Maybe, possibly, if the guy's right. But I'm super picky. Like I said, there's got to be chemistry. There's got to be feelings. I've got to, like, really respect them to fuck them. Oh, my gosh. I'm so not. I'm, I'm so, I'm like, so, Pollyanna. <laughs> I'm so not that way. They pretty much just have to have a penis and the ability to make me laugh. That's not true. And I'm in it. Oh, hence the carrot top sex dreams. Maybe it is true. Dude, if you can get me, like, some savings on long distance, I'll probably fuck you for that, too. (laughs) Where did that come from? Did you just watch Sex in the City? No, you just mentioned my carrot top dream, and he did the Uh, 1-800-COLLECT. I didn't know that. How old is 1-800-COLLECT? Is that even still around? (laughs) <laughs> no. You call the payphone. Remember when you were little, you call the payphone. Mom, come pick me up. Like, <laughs> you have a yeah. call from mom. Come pick me up now. Yeah, and then you just hang up, and they'd be like, "All right." <laughs> and how did I trust Probably. my mom to just come pick me up without hearing her say yes? Of course, Stephanie. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This is really not a good segue into our topic, <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. The great rape, guys. rape debate. The great rape debate, of which there is only one side here, is that rape is not okay. It is not okay. There's, no, there's no debate. If she says no, there's, or if she is so unconscious, she cannot say yes. Or even he. Even he. Even he. Yeah. Even he, because men can get raped too. They can. But I think primarily we're going to focus on the women's point of view because we're women. And nine out of ten rape victims are women, statistically. Is that the the actual statistic? It is. Did you do them? I I did. I did a lot of research for this episode, and I even wrote handy-dandy notes so I would not forget because I knew I'd be plastered. That's. That's awesome. Now I just have I to read didn't. my terrible handwriting. <laughs> I did. I did. I did some Google searching mm-hmm. on some cases because I mean we have the Stanford rape case that's going on right now. Oh, and kind if you have deal. not read her victim impact letter, you should go online and read it. Powerful. Yeah, it's pretty. It's really powerful. Really it's long. Really powerful. So powerful. Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah, it I is mean, okay. Like, I think. I think that was. For me, after I got raped, that was one of the things that really, like, that was one of the things that really, um, really helped me. It was very cathartic, is I... Should we start with our personal stories? Yeah. Okay. Go. Absolutely. For me, okay, well, what happened for me is, and I think we've made jokes about this, and I do want to preface this with the fact that if I make jokes... This, that's, comedy, when it comes to rape, is, is my shield. That's how I, that's how I keep myself safe. It's how I make myself feel better. Because if, if I can't laugh about it, then all I can do is be sad about it. And, I mean, like, that does me literally no good. So if I, if I make a joke that offends somebody or it seems way too tongue-in-cheek for something like rape, I mean, like, I'm 
sorry if this isn't how you handle your own being a victim. I We don't mean anything I, personal I, by it. Basically. Yeah, we don't. This is just, it's, it's how I deal with it. But for me, what happened was, is um, it wasn't Tinder, but I set myself up a date on OkCupid and we spent, you know, like a couple weeks talking because our... Our schedules never like meshed and we couldn't get together for a date. And eventually, you know, he just asked me to skip class. So I did. And I went over to his house, which was ill-advised. I think not meeting in a public <laughs> place is really the wrong choice for a first date. But it's not your um, fault. I mean. No, no, not at all. But I mean, like, again, a little forward thinking might have might have been good for me. But um, I went over to his house, and I, you know, he lets me in, and he goes right back over to his dining room table where he's cleaning a fucking gun. Like, this is not a joke. Mm-hmm. He's cleaning, like, a fucking rifle. And, like, red flags went off in my head, <laughs> but I tempered it with, well, he is hot, and some people like guns. And you're already so there, and it can almost be scarier to leave naturally. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't think of it that way. Like, like in my head, I remember the rationalization as like, oh, well, I mean, he probably isn't cleaning this to, like, threaten me. Like, hopefully this isn't something premeditated where he's just going to use a gun to threaten me into doing something I don't want to do. I just figured maybe that's what he was doing, which may have been stupid for me. And I should have left. I should have left. Because, like I said, the, the, the alarm bells went off. But he was cleaning a gun. He had a dog that was, like, the size of my fucking house. It was massive. I think his name was Tank, which, again, I I made several jokes about in my head at the time. But, um, you know, I was over there. We were chatting. And things were actually going well. Like, it wasn't awkward or weird. We talked for a few minutes. We started fooling around. And he, um, he tried to take things a little further than... I actually felt comfortable with, like, even though I'm fairly into sex and most dudes I will fuck on a first date, like, I won't even lie, I will fuck most dudes on a first date, but it, it, he, he tried to take it there and I wasn't, um, I wasn't emotionally prepared for it. I just, I just didn't want to do it. And I said no, and he did it anyway. And Mm -hmm. I mean, like every single part of my body that he could force himself into, he did my mouth, my vagina, my puckering little asshole just you know shoved himself in everywhere and it was painful and I remember thinking that you know if I didn't if I didn't fight back that he wouldn't kill me I wouldn't die (laughs) I would live to talk about it and um you know live to live to survive another day and that was really my um my primary motivation was just getting the fuck out of that house mm-hmm. and surviving the entire ordeal. And it went on for what felt like forever. I mean, I I remember very specifically him grabbing my hair, like handlebars. And I, I mean, like, I, I know they make that joke in, in porn and men talk about that between themselves. I and mean, like, I've, I've heard it and, and I've made the joke myself, just grabbing a woman's hair, like handlebars and, and yanking. But he did. He, you know, he yanked my entire head down on his on his dick and um you know he when I was gagging and just 
trying not to cry. I, I told myself, don't let him see you cry. Don't let him see you cry. Um, I said no when I shook my head no and he was like shh just trust me and it, it gagged me and I thought I was going to throw up but I told myself don't don't do it it'll just make him mad mm -hmm. so I, I didn't and I mean like everywhere else and it was just this entire ordeal that, that felt like it went on forever, but it was, I mean, probably only about 30 minutes, which doesn't make a difference. I mean, rape is rape. Five minutes is the same as 30 minutes is the same as an hour. It, it, it all feels like forever. This is 100% a really good interpretation of Einstein's, you know, the, the joke that's been attributed to Einstein with relativity. Um, it just, it, it felt like forever. And when I left, I remember texting my friend Stevie and saying, I just had the meanest sex I've ever had, not even admitting that I had been raped. And I, mm -hmm. I had been, that, that was absolutely rape. I, I said no. And I repeatedly said no. And I shook my head no. And it was not something that I wanted. But even after the fact, I, I, I qualified it as consensual sex. I said that was the meanest sex I've ever had instead of saying I just got raped. Yeah, and that's... I was just raped by someone. That's common. Like, I was telling you, I read that 27% of women, after they've been date-raped, don't even realize that what happened to them fulfills the legal definition of rape. Yeah, and that's high. That's too high. 1% would be too high. Yeah, that's but like 1 in 3. That's astronomical. Almost. Yeah, and I was in the same boat for mine too. So what happened? What happened to you? Well, we went through mine. Mine was totally unfun. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine anyone's rape experience being fun. Oh, but yeah. What happened to you? Mine is similar to yours, but I dated. You know, you knew him. Dated this guy for mm -hmm. a very long time, years. Mm -hmm. We broke yes. up, and I. He was really sad about it. He kept trying to get back together with me. I had totally moved on. Um, yeah, Steffi has made it clear that when she's done with a dick, she's done with a dick. <laughs> yes. Totally <laughs> moved on. I was even dating someone else that I was really into. Um, and we went out for my birthday. It was actually on my birthday. And he took me out to breakfast. I, yeah, I was trying to be friends with him because he was really... He was taking it really hard, and I felt like, oh, man, you know, well, we could be friends. We can be great friends still. We're just not good for each other um, because it was honestly kind of an abusive relationship, too. Kind of? <laughs> yeah, it totally was. But <laughs> that's a whole other episode. But, whole other episode. You know, and I, I don't know. I just felt like he was in a lot of pain. I was trying to be friends. I made him, like, a dating profile account on OkCupid. Um, he took me out for breakfast. We had a good time. We went back to my house and we started to watch a show or a movie or something. And we were hanging out and he just started taking things to another level. And I was like, no, 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 no. And he just kept going. Yeah. And I, I said no repeatedly, but he just kept going and because it had been an abusive relationship, I think, I don't know, I didn't fight back. And I remember thinking very clearly what was happening. Should I hit him? 
Like, no, no, no. <laughs> Don't hit him. He could kill you. Um, I mean, like, let's be frank. You should have hit him. He deserved a smack. <laughs> he deserved a smack. But at the same time, totally valid. And I bet a lot of women are in this situation where you think, no, no, I can't hit him. He could kill me. And I remember yeah. thinking that. Because he, he had gotten very violent with me before. That's why we weren't together anymore. And I don't even know why I tried to stay friends with him, except that I felt bad for him. And I did still love him, even though I shouldn't have. But that's how it goes. And sometimes he just kept going. And it was just really, it was really terrible for me. I mean, I I cried. Unlike those fun rapes. Oh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> the fun ones. <laughs> um, I was I was crying by the time he finished, and I kept crying, and I didn't stop crying. I couldn't stop crying, and I could tell, not to diminish what he did, that he did feel bad at some point, and said, okay, well, maybe I should just leave, and he left, and we never really spoke much again after that. I think he knew what he did was wrong, hopefully. Um, but it was a different situation. Like, I never even thought of it as rape. I think partially because we had been together. We'd probably had sex a thousand freaking times before. But, you know, when I read that statistic about how 27% of women don't realize that they've been raped, it really hit me because I, I didn't tell anyone also, which another statistic I think it was 42% of women don't tell anyone about it when they're day raped. No one. That is a huge statistic. There was a ton of shame for me. I felt guilty because I had already been seeing this guy that I was very into. And I felt like almost like I cheated on him. But I didn't quite feel like I cheated on him. If that makes sense. But I still felt very guilty. I felt like this was my fault. I kept telling myself I should have pushed him off. I should have fought. Why didn't I hit him? Why didn't I shove him why didn't you know I felt really guilty like I had asked for this and it wasn't until years later when I finally did tell Alan of the beautiful I guess dick <laughs> that works so the wonderfully majestic the majestic dick <laughs> that, I, that I've that I've heard um some people may think that I still hold a candle for which I do not <laughs> Just to make that clear, yeah. NPR was 100% unbiased. He does owe you money. Appreciating, he should. But yeah, so I was talking to him about it, and he said, "Oh my gosh, Steffi, you were raped." And I was like, "It hit me." I still remember that moment where I was when I was talking to him and everything. I remember very clearly, and it hit me. And I was like, "Well, I don't know if I would say that." And he was like, "Well, yeah." He's like, "You said no, right?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, but..." You know, and you make excuses and you victimize yourself and, or you blame yourself, I mean. And why didn't I do more? Why didn't I do more? But the fact is, I shouldn't have had to do more. It should have been enough to say no. And I understand. It should have. While not excusing it, I think part of it was I always understood he did it because <laughs> I think in some weird way he wanted to make me love him again. If that makes sense. By raping you? Because that's 
fucked up. I don't think anyone's ever done that for Valentine's Day. <laughs> no, but like, in my head, think... that's how I always thought of it. And I still think I in his head, that's how he thought of it. Like, oh, if we can have sex again, she'll love me again. Like, I'll show her how much, you know. I don't know. I'm st- I don't know. I don't feel particularly traumatized over the fact that it happened to me. I feel violated. But, I mean, there are, our scenarios are, while they have their differences, both technically date rape, both yes. fairly similar. Like, if we had gone yeah. to the police, do you, do you think oh, any yeah. conviction would have ever happened? No, absolutely not. And, I mean, like, here's, here's the shitty thing is, I mean, like, I was super attracted to my rapist like I really wanted to fuck this guy I was down for it I was ready this was this was what I wanted from him I didn't want a relationship this wasn't some guy that just like laid a line on me and I bought it at some bar no I I 100% wanted to give him my vagina as a gift for a day your precious flower my precious power. She wanted to be like, hey, this is for you. Eat it, bitch. That's all I wanted to do. That's all I wanted to do. So we had, I mean, like, just, just, to, just to say, this is why I did not go to the police. Is because I, I would have 100% been the person on trial if anything had happened. I mean, they would have asked me, and I felt what the did same you wear? Way, yes. Well, yeah, did you go over there expecting sex? Because we had texts days and days and days worth of texts talking about very sexually explicit things. I mean, like, he if, if, if I had been judging him on, like, my top five dicks, he, he would have come in fairly, fairly high. I mean, like, I Ooh, really... that's creepy. Don't go there. <laughs> well, but I mean, like, honestly... Honestly, I was super into fucking this dude. Like the idea of it turned me on. I was I was ready. He he would send me dick pics and I didn't care. I was like, oh fuck yeah, I'm gonna hop on that shit. But this is this is the sticky wicket is that like, you know, he did rape me. I said no, and he did it anyway. But if we went back into our phone records, all of the damning evidence would have been on me and I would have just looked like some jilted lover that when he never called them again, decided to cry rape as vengeance, which is not okay. And this is something that happens and I, I, oh, I don't yeah. know if we'll ever get a, yeah, I don't know if we'll ever get a reliable statistic on this. There are some people who cry rape just fucking because, and that's fucked up. I don't. But I think that <clears> number <throat> is small and I think that perpetuates this idea that it's okay to blame victims. But I think that that's overinflated. It's an overinflated argument to say, oh, women well, fake it. They cry it. They're fake. I'm sure some women do. You know, yeah, it's just the yeah, odds. Yeah, yeah. There are fucked up people out there, men or women. Okay. Yeah. Well, yes. I, <laughs> I, I agree. This is not to say that I think, like, even close to 25% of women do that. But I know that it happens and I know that it's probably easier to imagine that anybody who says, well, this man violently raped me. And it doesn't even, I mean, like, you don't even have to qualify it with violent. If you just say this man raped me, my rape just happened to be very violent. And rape itself is violent, but I mean, like, I... And can I interject and say, that was part of the reason why I would have never gone either. Because mine wasn't violent. 
I mean, he kind of held me down by the wrist, but, you know, he, he said nice things to me while he was doing it, even though I say no and I'm crying. You know, it wasn't, I couldn't categorize it as violent. Exactly. Like, no, not was... stereotypical SVU violence. And Mine... for that reason, I almost felt guilty. Like, I could have fought back. I could have, I must have, like, wanted this. I must, must have done something that made him think I wanted this, that this was okay. Well, and I think, I think that may be the attitude, because there's, <clears throat> there's more to my, my rape story. Um, and mine, mine really was violent, and this is in no way meant to, like minimize the effect of what happened to you mm -hmm. but I mean like I I had abrasions and bite marks all over my body I went to I skipped class and went to a Planned Parenthood the next morning after I told my friend Stevie and after I told my ex Dan that I had been raped I went to I skipped class went to a Planned Parenthood they took photos and I mean like that's I can't Unless you've been through it, that's like, uh, uh, I can't even describe it. It's the weirdest thing. It's like being violated all over again. It really is. And mm -hmm. having to relive it and having to describe it. And it, I mean, it's, it's making me a little bit emotional right now, but I had, I had bite marks all over my breasts and I had scratch marks on my shoulders and I had abrasions in my vagina and um, I had abrasions in my anus and I'm only using the correct word there because <laughs> making an asshole joke would just be a little too much for this. But um, I did, I, I, I had abrasions everywhere and I, I, I had to be okay mentally with someone taking those photographs of me. I, I remember one of the people at Planned Parenthood saying, well, do you want us to send this to the police? And I said, no, I refused. And they said, okay, well, when you decide that you want to submit this as evidence, it's here. Here's your case number. This is what you have to do. And they did, they didn't. And I mean, like, I, I, I can't fucking praise Parenthood enough praise parent Planned Parenthood enough for, for what they fucking did for me because they were so kind and they were so amazingly patient with me um, during that whole entire process, which was brutal. It was mm -hmm. almost more brutal than being raped and not, it, not because of anything that they did, but this, I, I had to give someone permission to allow me to relive what just happened to me in the last 24 hours. And I mean, like there's, there's no way to make that nice. <laughs> they can, I mean, I, I remember them offering me a cookie when I was done. They were like, would you like, I had just given blood or something like, yay, thanks for the platelets. You want a cookie and a fucking plastic jug of apple juice? But they were, they were just trying to be nice. Mm -hmm. And in in my head, I mean, like, I, I still felt violated again, but, um, you know, I never did call the cops for exactly like I said, like, it wouldn't have been me being a victim. It would have been me being some fucking bitch who was just mad that some dude she sucked off didn't want to call her again. And in my, in my head, that's where it went that it would have been me and I would have been in trouble and nothing would have happened. And this dangerous fucking dude who was cleaning a gun when I walked into his fucking house would find me and kill me. 
And I, I remember my, both of my parents, after I told them what happened, asked me, why didn't you fight back? Why wasn't this something that you fought against? You know, my, my dad said, Drea, you're, you're a fucking fighter. Like, this is what you do. Why, why didn't you fight this man? Because I didn't want to die. And I I totally get that. I mean, I've never even told my parents, but, you know, I I remember thinking during the act, should I hit him? No, he could kill me. Because he'd been violent. He'd been really violent with me before. And that's why we weren't together anymore. And I just, you know, I, I, you know, I totally sympathize with that. Like, no, no. I could die. I don't want to hit him. I don't want to push him off because if I make it yeah. physical, I'm going to lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, that has nothing to do with like being, being a woman. I think, I think there's something about being in that situation, no matter what sex you are. And I can really only speak from my experience, but I think there's something about being the victim in that scenario that just makes you feel no matter how strong you know you are or how how physically empowering you know you can be i i think there's something about being in that situation that just the survival and incapable of anything Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and and that was my survival instinct and i've tried to explain that to my parents to the point where we we can't talk about it anymore because it's so frustrating to hear people ask you, well, why didn't you call the cops? Because I fucking didn't. Why yeah. didn't you fight back? And I feel because like if I, I had called didn't. the cops, it would have been like, oh, well, you dated this guy before. How many times do you think you've had sex with this guy before? How yeah. long did you date? Oh, if it was really over, why did you go out to breakfast with him? Why did you invite him back to your place? Yeah. And I mean, there's, 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 there's no sense of what makes you feel safe. Like, and there's, there's no ability on a man's behalf to be able to snow you into a situation where he can take advantage. And, and I do, I do want to touch upon this a few months later after I was raped. And I, I do want to make it clear for anybody listening, if you have been raped, if you went through what we went through, I mean, like it, leave us a comment, let us know your experiences because there really is something super fucking cathartic about saying, this is what happened. This is the name of the motherfucker that attacked me. This is the name of the person who wrecked my life for this amount of time because this shit really fucked with me for like three weeks, legitimately, I'm not even exaggerating, for three weeks after this happened, I could not shower. It wasn't a case of being able to, you know, having to shower all the time because I felt dirty. I couldn't shower because I felt unsafe being naked. It made me feel vulnerable and disgusting and exposed. And I didn't feel safe in my own fucking home, around my friends, around my family, around the people who made me feel safe. I could not get naked and take a shower. So let us know. Let us know your experiences because there really is something that takes away the power from the person who took it away from you first in sharing what happened with you. And I did that. I, I, I wrote, I wrote a letter to my attacker on my blog, but that wasn't what I wanted to say. What I wanted to say was a few months after when I was starting to feel a little bit better, he sent me a text saying, Hey, come over. Let's fuck. And I remember looking at that text and being like, this arrogant motherfucker has no fucking idea of what he did. Mm -hmm. And if he does, he doesn't think he did anything wrong. So I sent him a text back saying, no, you raped me. 
And he said, that's not how I remember it going down. And I said, no, you fucking wouldn't. Don't ever contact me again. And he didn't. And that was another thing when I was studying for this episode, I read 84% of men who committed date rape didn't realize that what they did met the legal definition of rape. And I think it's, it's just a difference between... I think it's from a societal standpoint about how men and women are raised and women are objectified more than men. And it's just, it's almost like, and I feel like we're fighting that whole mindset now, but almost like the, it's a seen as a game when a woman says no. Well, what can I do? Like there's that old joke that someone, an old male friend of mine and you, I was with you at the time. I almost think it was Bean, <laughs> said... Um, um, he died. <laughs> yeah. But I think he said this joke. And, I mean, it was just a joke to him. But I remember this joke about how, like, oh, when you're when you're having sex with a woman, and she's like, no, stop, no, stop, no, no, stop, don't, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, you know? Do you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, like, it's almost seen as a game. Like, oh, get her to say yes. Come on, close the deal. Oh, I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. I do remember the thing, uh, you know, that, that, and I'm using air quotes here, that old adage of no means no and, you know, yes means harder or something like that. And I think I actually just recently saw a video of a bunch of frat boys marching around in the evening saying no means no yes means anal or no means yes yes means anal which is not okay no (laughs) means no (laughs) no does not mean keep fucking me if someone says no that means no yeah it doesn't mean i'm gonna keep going and i'm gonna keep putting my fingers wherever i want and i'm just gonna make you really enjoy this and you're gonna want it eventually no. Yeah, no. This isn't this isn't like a fucking marketing floor. Like you're not trying to sell me a mattress. This is my body. Mm-hmm. This is <laughs> this is my fucking body. Like no, I I'm not going to, you know, like answer your call and be like, "Oh, no, I already have, you know, toner supply and let you talk me into it." That's not what this is. If a person in 100% control of their body tells you, "No, you fucking stop." And that's where the conversation ends. You fucking stop. Mm-hmm. You don't keep going. This is not okay. This is for women. This is for men. This is for trans. This is for fucking anybody. If someone tells you no, you stop whatever the fuck it is you're doing. And that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Because you have no fucking idea the indelible canyon that you leave on people when you don't. It's impossible to get rid of. Impossible. There have been times with my husband where I have, where I, I've said stop. And he knows that usually, and, and this is this is not using this as, you know, like an exception to the rule. He knows usually when I say stop, it's because I'm about to come. And I, I don't. I don't want to. I'm, I'm saving it for some, like a picnic. Like I'm saving it for something else. And when I say stop, he knows he knows it's because I'm close. But there was one time where he t- I told him to stop and he didn't. 
and I just had a massive fucking flashback and I flipped the fuck out and I cried and I just wept in bed with my husband, someone who I trust with my body, just wept because he didn't stop when I said stop. And I mean, like he, he did stop. He stopped after I, you know, said, no, I'm serious. Fucking stop. This doesn't mean this is okay he stopped and let this be a lesson to you. If you have a lover who does this to you and says, stop, because you know, they're about to come and you think you need to push forward to push them to the brink. Fucking stop it. Don't. I don't say stop, stop. when I'm close to coming. I don't just go on I do. That seems strange. No, I, d- I, 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 I don't do need to save it for anything. To. I could just, there's another one well, right around the bed. <laughs> no, lucky. see if for me, if for me, like, I don't know. For me, my orgasm feels better. Like, I usually say stop if he's going down on me. I'm like, oh my god, stop. I'm gonna come. Don't. Because I'd, I'd rather come on someone's dick. Like, that just feels better to me. <laughs> but, you know, there was there was one time where my husband was going down on me, and I told him to stop, and he didn't. And it triggered something in me, and I was not okay. I couldn't have sex with him for, like, three to four fucking weeks. It really fucking freaked me out. So this is years after the fact this is something that still fucks with me and this will never go away ever never in my life there will always be something that reminds me of this it can be someone's dog it can be seeing a gun it can be walking into a house that looks like his it can be seeing someone who looks like him or seeing the kind of aviators that he wore or the outfit that he was wearing or seeing the outfit that i was wearing which by the way I fucking burned. I burned it. I never wore it again. It was a super cute pink lacy top and a denim skirt. And I burned that shit in my back fucking yard. Never wore it again. For me, that was, that was somehow taking ownership of what happened and saying, I'm not going to wear something like this. Like I was still blaming myself. There was still somehow something that I did that made it okay for him to do what he did to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I, I totally don't mean to be overpowering the conversation, but rape really isn't something that you get to talk about very often. And I really do feel very, very strongly about this. And I did even before I was raped. But I mean, there, I remember making jokes about how, uh, with all the one night stands that I had, that I was lucky that I didn't get raped sooner. And that's not an okay attitude. And we live in a culture where jokes like that are acceptable and people will agree Mm -hmm. and say, yeah, you are lucky. You are lucky you didn't get raped sooner. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, yeah, fuck you. Fuck you. I don't know. It's super shitty. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Dark, dark and depressing. I don't yes, know. I think for me, it. it was more. I don't. I don't really remember what I was wearing. For me, it was more the shame. There was a sense of shame after. I guess guilt. I all the responsibility was on me in my head. Why didn't I stop it? Why didn't I stop it? Why didn't I do more? Why didn't I fight harder? Why didn't I stop it? And uh, that's what hung with me for a long time. Like, this shame. I felt ashamed for a long time. That's, like, I tell you nearly everything. (laughs) 
And I didn't tell you for years. Yeah. It wasn't until fairly recently, listeners, that I knew that this happened. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I remember telling another friend a while after it happened still and trying to explain it to her. And it was like, I felt like I had to, like, there was no other choice. (laughs) And I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how I felt at the time. Like I felt like he felt like I owed it to him. And well, I was going to give it to him, you know, I mean, I don't know. And I, you know, I still feel like sometimes I think, well, maybe if I had fought him, maybe if I'd hit him, maybe if I really let him know that I meant when I said no, which I shouldn't feel that way. If I say no, 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 when I'm crying during, that should be a wake up call that this is not okay. (laughs) Like, I can't remember. I can't remember anyone ever saying yeah, when a girl starts weeping, you know you're doing it right. Like, I don't think that was ever in any Cosmo article ever. Let him know by crying that he's really hitting for G-spot. <laughs> right? I don't think that's a thing. But I, I still felt that guilt. The pressure was still on me, and I think that's a part of rape culture. Why yeah. did I? Why did I try to still be friends with him? Why did I have him alone at my house? Why did I let him buy me breakfast? Well, I mean, like, and I can't speak to what your mentality was, but after I got raped, I remember when we were done, when he was done. And I think, I think that's another thing that's really important to remember is how your body can totally betray you when Mm -hmm. you get raped. Because if I said I didn't come, I'd be lying. Mm -hmm. Because I did. And that, that's like... That's a betrayal. And you can go over that in your head saying, well, I came. Would I really come if I had been raped? Yeah. Yeah. That's a physiological response. Your body (laughs) is going to do that. Like, and if you're a man who's getting raped, you're going to fucking pop a boner. That's how your body responds. That's just what happens. And your nipples are going to get hard and your vagina is going to do what vaginas do and your dick's going to do what it does. And that's just how your body reacts. And that can fuck with you too, but that's like a whole nother thing. But, um, I remember when I was ready to go and I was able to get dressed again, he looked at me like super pleased on his couch. So i stretched out and I will never forget this. Like I could draw it if I had any talent whatsoever, but he was super lazily scratching his stomach. And he was like, that was amazing. We need to do this again. And I said, yeah, absolutely. That was awesome. Like, between fucking tears, remembering, thinking, don't let him see you cry. Get to your fucking car before you cry. You get to your fucking car. Get the fuck out of this house. Just get the fuck out. So I was like, yeah, fucking totally. We should way do this again. And I also remember, after it happened, he was like, you should take a picture of yourself right now and send it to me. And I did it. I didn't say no. I sent him a fucking picture of my naked body that he had just fucking torn to shreds. I sent him a picture of me and let him have it like a sick fucking prize. I don't even want to know how many photos of that he has. But you do that because it's another thing. Like, you let him buy you breakfast 
because that's just another thing to keep you safe. That's just another measure to make sure that you're doing what someone who just fucking attacked you wants to keep you safe. That is survival instinct. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that being your survival instinct instead of punching someone or scratching someone or anything like that. Let a motherfucker buy you breakfast. Shit. <laughs> if that's what keeps you alive, you fucking do it. You go have that breakfast burrito and you order extra sauce piquant. Do it. <laughs> you take advantage of that shit. You get the home fries. You do it. <sighs> but I mean, like, it's just another measure to keep you safe. That's what happens. That's why. And I I don't know if anybody who has not ever been in that situation will really understand. And I'm not really a fan of saying, well, you don't know until you've experienced it. But I think with something like this, you don't know. You can speculate all you want, and there's a lot of sideline judgment. Well, why would I would fight it off? I don't think you would. Yeah. Some people do. I mean, Some a lot of do. the statistics I was reading said that Generally, most of them said between one in five and one in six women get raped in their lifetime. And, I mean, that's that's, that's high. That's too high. And I honestly feel like it might be higher. You know, it was talking about how 98 out of 100 men who, rapists, 98 out of 100 rapists will not see a day in prison. Yeah. The majority of people don't report it. 37 out of 100 who do report it. Then 7 out of the, the 37 who report it, you know, they go forward with the case and charge them. And then from there, you know, some get referred to prosecutors. Only 2 out of 100 will see a day in prison. It's a really hard thing. And then to be, then you're on trial too. Yeah. And that's the shitty part. Yeah. Your whole life gets torn up. Like, back to the Stanford rape case. Mm-hmm. All the questions that they asked her. Well, how many drinks did you have? Why did you drink so much? Yeah, she fucking drank too much. I can tell you there's a fucking night I drank too much. More than one. Thankfully, yeah. I had good friends by my side to keep me safe. But... It's not her fault. She drank too much and got raped. And there's this mentality. No. Granted, I do think be safe. <laughs> if you're going to go out drinking, have a solid-ass friend by your side. Be cognizant yeah. of your surroundings. Yes, just for your own protection. But because something happened to her, it wasn't like she was asking for it. It wasn't like she no. wanted it. It's not like she has any blame over it. Nope. Nope, and that's the shitty thing. Again, you know, the questions and jokes have been made by comedians, like, for decades. I can think of David Cross's, like, you know, comes up to my head, well, what were you wearing? Mm-hmm. What were you wearing? Who fucking cares? Unless I'm wearing a shirt that says, rape me, bitch. Like, it doesn't fucking matter what the fuck I'm wearing. Right. I, I can dress however I fucking please, and me wearing a short skirt or a dress does not give you authority over my fucking body. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what I'm wearing. It is not an invitation. And then for your penis, yeah. for your fingers, for anything. She talked about how they went into her relationship with her boyfriend. Do you have sex with your boyfriend? How many times have you had sex with your boyfriend? Would you ever cheat on your boyfriend? Like, 
<laughs> it's super personal. I couldn't even imagine yeah. having to go through that. And I never even questioned reporting it on my end. Yeah. I know Me you either. probably questioned it. No, I didn't. No. I knew immediately. I remembered immediately the text that we had. And I knew that I would be the person to blame. And there's no fucking way that he would get in trouble. Mm-hmm. I know what I said. And it's shitty that, you know, being in charge of what I want to happen means that when I'm not in charge, I was in charge. If that makes any sense. Like I, I because I was talking about fucking him, that that means automatically that is, that is a contract. Mm-hmm. We have a deal. <laughs> <laughs> an automatic deal that we're fucking even if i say no sex is on the table or the couch or wherever it was it was on his couch he raped me in his living room just so you know um that sex is there that's what happens i said i wanted to fuck him so that's what gets to happen there's no reneging on that offer and that's what's shitty it's me saying yeah i'm coming over to fuck you and then saying afterwards that i got raped it's me that's at fault there, not him. So I never questioned reporting it either. Mm-hmm. I knew who would be Because how can you rape someone who's so easy, who's so willing, who's so ready to give it up? How can you rape somebody when you've had sex with this person a thousand times before? Who is yeah. alone with you? Who you dated? You talked about marrying, possibly. Well, yeah. You <laughs> good <can>. qualifier. Good <laughs> qualifier. <laughs> Well, no, I'm just saying my situation and your situation. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. <laughs> Possibly. But. Who you talked about marrying-ish. <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't know. There's this, there's this idea that I feel like men have a right to women's bodies, which I'm not yeah. comfortable with, which I don't like. You know, like just recently being able to like raping your wife people are like oh yeah you can do that i guess you can maybe hmm i mean that's all pretty recent thinking and yes you can it's my body just because i tell you i love you just because i've been with you doesn't mean you have access to it whenever you want however you want nope i still have to give consent Mm-hmm. And somebody else does too. I mean, like that, that, that road goes both ways. Like, again, like I just mentioned that physiological response. If, if a man has a boner, that is not an implicit. Yes. No, it's like a woman being just, wet. It's just natural. It's just yeah. what happens. It's yeah, that's exactly it's That's what happens. So, you know, a boner is not a yes. A snail trail is not a yes. (laughs) These are things that give you the okay to just stick it or lick it or whatever it is that you're planning on doing. And I hate this culture of victim blaming that like, oh, well, she asked for it. Oh, well, girls lie for attention. Like who wants that attention to have a camera between your legs? Do you, I mean, like, yeah, you know, like, I mean, like, my idea of a great time, honestly, is to have a speculum (laughs) and an older gentleman checking out my fucking cervix and smearing shit on my vagina and my butthole to see what's 
bruised or scratched because I mean like how hot a Saturday night is that mm-hmm. let's be honest I and I mean like seriously the class I skipped when I went to Planned Parenthood was accounting and I would have rather been in accounting mm-hmm. which isn't saying much yeah but it sucks like it's <laughs> not fun who, who does want that kind of attention and who wants that kind of who wants that kind of speculation on their personal life, on their actions? Yes, their... having everything open. That's what I thought. Yeah. If I had gone forward with prosecuting with this guy, our whole sexual history would have been on the table for everyone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the woman who wrote this open letter in the Stanford rape case talked about this. Oh, they're going to show my pictures, my parents. I'm going to talk about my sex life. It's it's such an invasion of privacy. Mm-hmm. And is there any kind of invasion of privacy for the people for the perpetrators? Like, are they like let's in, let's let's investigate their sex life? That's true. Let's ask. It's totally true. Ask. It's normally on the yeah. women. For him, mm-hmm. I mean, one of the most powerful on parts the of the letter was where she said. I heard about what happened to me through the news, and I read this article about how he attacked me, about how I was found naked on the ground behind a dumpster, you know, with my skirt, my dress pulled all the way up over my chest. And at the bottom of the article were his swim times, because he had been an Olympic hopeful. Well, what about what I like to do? What about how I'm a good cook? (laughs) I mean, it was a really powerful part of the letter. And it I was, was like, yeah, that's that's completely true. Which well, I mean, and I mean like, like we talked about, it goes into a whole nother segue about how he's rich and white and can get six months in jail for rape. But six fucking months. Mm-hmm. Six months. If you can't hear my fucking outrage, listen again. <laughs> six months. Six months and Steffi. Because it might hurt his future. His future. He's such a wonderful, outstanding citizen. Yeah. With his Olympic swim time. Like, and I've already mentioned what being raped has done to me. How that affects me. You know, like the things, the things that happen in in my future. Like breakdowns that I will have that I can't circumvent. Like, what about her future? Mm -hmm. What about the things she wanted to do? He got off with, what, six months? And she gets off with a lifetime of how that And her whole her. personal history out there for everyone when it's nobody's business. Yeah. How she likes to have sex with her boyfriend. Or how often she has sex with her boyfriend. Or even if she would fucking cheat on her boyfriend. Yeah, who cares? How does that matter? And there's this sense of, well, well, let's make it like, let's make it look like she asked for it. Why did you drink so much? Because I wanted to, bitch. <laughs> what was the, what was, what was the percentage that you found out, Steffi? Percentage about, about of rape victims. Which one? About drinking. <laughs> oh, that about drinking. I don't know. I looked up a bunch about drinking. Most rape cases do involve alcohol. Um, oh, mine didn't. Mine did not. Mine didn't either. We had no drinks at all. Neither one of us. But that said, I mean, a lot do involve alcohol. 
all I can say is be safe. Not because it's your responsibility, you know, to make sure no one rapes you. <laughs> uh, let's teach, <laughs> let's teach boys not to rape. Or let's just teach people not to rape. Rather than, yeah, don't it look people. like you're asking for rape. Who the fuck is asking for rape? But, Everyone who wears a miniskirt. Yeah, let's change our mindset. Sorry, people People don't set out to get blackout drunk. I've been blackout drunk. And I'm telling you, no time did I set out to get that fucking drunk. <laughs> I'm gonna get so fucking drunk, I don't remember shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I that's wake not up a in thing. my own vomit. Like, no. It just happens, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So when we see a drunk ass girl, we say, hmm, let's take care of her. She's in a bad spot. Not, ooh. Some free ass or whatever rapists think. <laughs> How is that even a thing? Like, like, okay, <laughs> just to set the record straight, I'm really emetophobic. So I'm a, totally afraid of vomit. But like, if I see someone who is blackout fucking drunk, my immediate thought is, ooh, ooh, uh, I don't want them to puke on me. I've got to step away, which is wrong. Like, I, I mean, like, someone's in trouble in that scenario. And I know in my head I need to <laughs> get out of that phobia to make sure someone doesn't fucking die of, like, alcohol poisoning. It's fucked up that my first instinct is to walk away. But I walk away. You know, like, my first instinct isn't to, you know, jack someone off that I see this blackout drunk and be like, how hard can I make his dick? Or how can I make this shit work for me? No. No. Mm -hmm. That's not okay. I found this statistic. 74% of perpetrators and 55% of victims of rape within a nationally representative sample of college students had been drinking alcohol. Ooh. What I also did not realize is one, what was it? I think it was like you are three times more likely to be raped if you're a college student between the age of 16 to 24 and four times more likely if you're not a college student between the age of 18 to 24. Wow. Yeah. Oh, another statistic that blew my mind was... Native people, Native Americans or Alaska Native, mm -hmm. the statistics. You get raped yeah, more. Like 33%, yes. I think it was. As I learned that to in sociology. 17% of white women, 18% of black women, like 6% of Asian American women, 33% uh -huh. of Native American women. And I, I, I identify as Native American. I check that box whenever I come across anything. And I was like, wow, I wonder why that is. Um, yeah. It just kind of blew my mind. Like, Ooh. Well, we did this. We did this exercise in one of my sociology classes because I used to be a business major. And now I am a psych major. And um, one of the classes I took was sociology, which I've always described as psychology light. <laughs> psychology without the data oh 34 percent um, of native women even higher than i thought but yeah we did we did this exercise where we had to guess we had to guess what group of women is raped the most and i guessed i guessed black women i knew it was some kind of minority which is fucked up to say but i guessed it was black women and i was fucking wrong 
Native American women. And I remember that because it stuck with me so hard. I mean, like, it's such an underrepresented minority culture. Group. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, you, I mean, like, it doesn't even pop into your head. I think I identify as Native up. American, but when I think about Native American culture, nothing but a bunch of fucking stereotypes pops into my head. I know. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Even from a fine-ass-looking Pocahontas like you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, my grandmother was Native American, Alaskan Native. Grew up in an orphanage and in Alaska, so I don't know if... I don't know if she'd been abused or not, but she was like a mean alcoholic her whole life. She refused to talk about what happened to her. Um, and, you know, Alaska is where they sent all the priests who'd been convicted of child molestation. Or not convicted. I did not know that. Who had been accused of child molestation. They sent them to Alaska. I didn't know that. Because a lot of cities were small, didn't even have a police force set up. It was like, yeah, there's a great frontline documentary about it. Wow. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, who knows? It's just, who you know, indeed? it's just about being an underrepresented minority in a bad spot. People are going to take advantage. And I think women yeah. out there should be vigilant, should be careful when they go to parties, when they drink. Check your drinks. Yes. Not because it's your fault if something happens to you, but because, you know, just be the safest you can be. Don't just check, check your drink. Don't ever, don't ever let your drink enter into someone else's hands. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yeah, that's what I mean. Don't is, leave it alone. Like, don't leave it out of your but sight. But this is also like saying that a bartender can't fucking rape you. Not to be alarmist. But like, <laughs> really. I mean, a bartender is just as capable of slipping you a drink as a stranger in a crowd. So watch. Just watch. Be careful. Just watch. Be vigilant. And go with some good-ass friends, because... The few times I've been blackout drunk, luckily, I had good friends who weren't as drunk as me. <laughs> Which, yeah. I don't know if I ever told you when Chris drove me home once. Remember when oh, I get no. drunk and throw up everywhere? <laughs> yeah. And he drove me home. Uh-huh. Uh, Chris was always a little creepy to me. He just kept yeah. saying, oh, let me tuck you into bed, Steffi. Let me tuck you into bed, Steffi. And I remember Ew. being very drunk, and I was like, no, at my front door, <laughs> like, trying to shut it on him. Like, no, <laughs> no, I'm okay. No, I'm all right. He's like, let me tuck you into bed. Are you sure, Steffi? Which maybe he didn't mean anything by it. Who knows? But I remember being very, like, no, 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 I'm okay. <laughs> and literally shutting Gross. the door on him as he tried to come in. And I woke up the next morning on the living room floor. In my own vomit. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a definitely a night to forget. Yes, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I always get creeper vibes from Chris. I don't know. That's because he's disgusting. But <laughs> that's for another episode. Oh, all right. Well, should we? We wrap were it way up? over time. We went uh -huh. over, but that's all right. We did, and again, you know, like I. I can't stress enough. If you listen to this, share what's happened to you because the statistics are high. It's happened to you. And there's something very powerful in releasing that out to other people who can relate. And even people who can't. I mean, I don't know, sharing stories with people who may not understand is the only way to 
try and help them understand, I guess. And I, I, I think women, I think men, I think anybody who's been a victim like this needs to share these stories. We need to let people know this is, this is not a case of women acting for, asking for it because they drink or asking for it because of how they dress or men asking for it because their body, you know, signals someone that they just can act however they want to. Yeah, this shit isn't okay. And we do have a culture that really tries to excuse it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I read an article about the Stanford rape case where, you know, the <clears throat> the victim says that, you know, we can't we can't allow our culture to think it's okay to make make rape something we figure out by trial and error. That isn't something that we should do. We should not be like, oh well this is the first time that you've raped someone. Well don't do it again. We're only going to give you six months and then two months probation. Don't do it. Again. You don't get a slap on the wrist. You fucked someone's life up forever. You've absolutely killed a part yeah. of them. A part of Victims their trust are is never coming back. Three times more likely to suffer depression. Six times more likely to suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder. 13 yeah. times more likely to abuse alcohol. Hello. Oops. We have this podcast. <laughs> Hello. 26 times more likely to abuse drugs. Catch our next podcast. Uh. on heroin. I don't know. <laughs> Four times I more mean, likely to contemplate suicide. I mean. Just because, just because of where you put your appendages in someone else when you did not have permission. Think about that. This isn't someone calling you a fucking name. This is being. This is violating somebody. It, it it it's irreparable damage. There's no making someone feel better. And most people don't report. Sixty-eight percent of re- assaults are not reported to the police. So if mm-hmm. you didn't report, don't feel guilty. I didn't either. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Don't ever. Don't ever feel yeah. guilty about your decision to not report. But you if know. you can, report it. Or if you know you did something wrong and just because she didn't report it, it doesn't make it okay. Or just because he didn't report it, it doesn't make it okay. Yeah. Um, Just respect. Like, I try to teach my own children about their bodies and respect other people's bodies. You have control over your body. Everybody should respect your body. Yeah. It just is what it is. They say uh-huh. no, you'll get fucked another night. Like, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> There's another mouth out there. Yeah, or like a flashlight or something. Even if it's not a flashlight, there's some other hand. <laughs> there's something else that'll take your own. Shit. With some Jergens lotion with that wonderful cherry almond scent. When I masturbate, <laughs> I like to use Swiss Navy lube. Swiss Navy. Do you really use Swiss Navy lube when you masturbate? No, 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 because I can never find it anywhere, so I just use KY. But it's really awesome. I hardly ever use lube when I masturbate. I read an article that recommended that I should. And I mentioned this in like a, either the last episode or the episode before that said you should use lube when you're masturbating. It's fucking amazing. Eh, eh, eh. Try it. I mean, I've tried it. I tried it with the home wrecker. It's still too big. Maybe I'll try it with the, the rabbit, Mr. Bud. Try it with, try it with something regular. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Especially on the little ears. 
I normally just use my hands, though. I'm just going to say. Just throwing that out there, being honest. Like, I can't do it. I feel like, ugh. Nine times out of ten, all I need is me, my hands, my imagination. I'm good to go. You're a better woman than I. (laughs) How luckier, I guess, is like, No, I'm just lazy. (laughs) Like, my hand gets tired, and I'm like, ugh. I need to do something else. Anyway, we've totally run over time for our episode, and so I we have to should pee. probably wrap it up. Ugh, me too. <laughs> me too. Me too. And I'm not gonna lie, I've been eating for the last five minutes because I didn't Ooh. need dinner. Mhm. So I need to be able to eat for real. So let's wrap it up. This has been Two Girls, One Sodcast on Rape, which has been really pleasurable. And if you want to send us an email to the number two girls, the number one sodcast, two girls, one sodcast at gmail.com. Because we do have our emails set up. It's just the Facebook and the blog. That's all. So I'm supposed to do Facebook. Them. She's supposed to be the, do the blog. We'll see who's less lazy first. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a golf oh, club. if we're turning it into a contest... That's it. I know. I'm pretty competitive. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Me too. So I guess it's good news. Everything will be set up uh pretty soon. (laughs) It will. Probably by the end of this episode before we're done wrapping up, (laughs) if I'm being honest. Um, Send us something. Tell us your experiences. When we get our Facebook up, log on. Talk to us. We really want to know what's happened to you. And this is something that we will revisit because this is never not a subject that is in the news. Yeah. And it always will be until we, you know, talk about it and, and, and make this something that we don't figure out by trial and error until we, you know, make a huge deal out of rape because it is, it's a huge fucking deal. Yeah. Huge fucking deal. Don't ever let anybody tell you that it's not your own body you control it yeah until that time make a drink with us listen to our podcast yeah next week (laughs) make a drink have a laugh yes and you'll be able to get the recipes on the blog although we're not bartenders so don't expect anything too amazing (laughs) if you see one drink that calls for a splash of ginger ale and eight shots of vodka trust it do it go for it (laughs) It's a good time. <laughs> it is a good time. But anyway, this has been Two Girls, One Sodcast, episode three. It's been hard to discuss this. And um, I sent Steffi a couple messages while we were talking about... Uh, I cried. I cried the whole time <laughs> that we did this because it's really emotional for me to talk about it. I love you, but in my, I love you, Steffi. In my head, if I don't talk about it, he wins. And he doesn't get to win. This isn't something that he wins. So again, you share this shit with us. You you listen to this podcast. You talk to us. You let us know what happened to you. We want to know. You're not alone. And put on some Sade. <laughs> Don't do that. That's weird. That's like romance music. But if that's your thing, put it on. Put it on. But we're here to listen. So share your stories with us. This is Drea. I'm Stephanie. Yay! Thank you for listening. <laughs> we will we will talk to you about something a lot more lighthearted next week. Goodbye.
Goodbye, dear Bye. listeners. Bye, dear listeners. <laughs>